This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 129. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we're joined by Oliver Sild. Oliver is a 26-year-old entrepreneur who has built three companies to date and is very active in the cybersecurity landscape. WordPress folks would know him as the founder of a website security company called WebArcs. Hey, Oliver, welcome. Hello there. Hi, Oliver. Welcome. It's nice to meet you, and thanks for joining us on Hallway Chats today. Would you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. First of all, thanks for inviting me. I'm very, very happy to be here. Um, so I'm a 26-year-old entrepreneur. I've actually been into cybersecurity from very early stages or like fairly early uh, ages. I got into it when I was, I think, 14 or 15. You know, it happens to be in a way that in many cases, people get into cybersecurity from gaming. Um, so that's really how it happened with me as well. Uh, but eventually, I started to found a company that was mainly working on web development. So, you know, that's what, how I got into WordPress. Before that, I was working with Joomla, Drupal, other content management systems. Uh, and over, over the course of uh, uh, managing businesses and uh, doing web development and also like technical stuff, I've also created a co-working space, uh, which of course right now is closed. But, uh, uh, but yeah, it was an interesting experience. And now for the past four or five years, really, I've been completely focusing on uh, website security uh, and especially the security that includes components within your websites. So WordPress, uh, people would understand that this, for example, means plugins, themes, uh, anything that you plug into your websites. Where are you located? Uh, I'm in Estonia. I'm traveling a lot, but uh, I've been, you know, moving back and forth from London. Uh, right now, I'm in Estonia at home, uh, but yeah, mainly, mainly in Estonia. Is there a large WordPress community there where you are in Estonia? I wouldn't say that there's a large community in Estonia, but there's a large community in Nordics in general. Uh, Finland is very active in, uh, in, uh, with a very active kind of community for WordPress. Uh, but in general, you know, Europe isn't that kind of big. So in most of the cases, you still kind of communicate with the community all over, all over the Europe. And, you know, WordCamp uh, Europe was just this, uh, or it was last summer. Um, so a lot of people went there all over the kind of Europe. So. Not so much happening in Estonia. We are actually organizing the kind of WordPress meetups uh, under our co-working space. Uh, so we were have been doing them for I think three times this year. Uh, but yeah, like still, I wouldn't call it a big community, but it's it, it's existent kind of. Is that something you're looking to to transition to an online meetup in light of of everything that we're we're seeing in the world right now you know we've been actually doing uh, like coffee mornings um, because you know all the people who would usually be in the co-working space obviously can't be there because of what is going on in the world right now 
but we've been kind of finding a way how to still stay in touch and you know understand how everyone is doing and so forth. Uh, so we were trying to do like uh, like weekly coffee mornings where we just discuss with uh, like how's everyone's projects, um, how's the business going, you know, kind of personal level as well, like how everyone is doing and so forth. Um, so yeah, I think I think after like after kind of uh, going or like transitioning through the through the um, environment that we are right now, I think more and more um, kind of meetups and you know um, events like these are going to be online. I think it's going to be kind of the new meta eventually. Yeah, I'm impressed with your entrepreneurial spirit. Um, you're a young person and you've done a lot already at your young age. Are, have you, did you grow up in a household where that was encouraged or what were, what influenced you and taught you how to kind of go out on your own and make things into businesses? Yeah, I would say I have an influence from my mother, but I don't say, I wouldn't say that it's an influence directly towards like entrepreneurship. Um, she was really kind of always uh, just you know very supportive whatever I did even though for example I didn't do very well in school so instead of that I was always trying to find things that I wanted to do um, if you would talk to the teachers from my school they would say that I was like very um, to say like uh, I always had my own ideas what I wanted to do and how I, I wanted to do them so I didn't really follow all the rules um, but I guess like the support of understanding that this is who I am and this, this is like how um, I want to go with things allowed me to just, you know, continue to pursue whatever I wanted to achieve um, and allowed me to just, you know, really work on the stuff I did. I wanted, even though um, some people would have said that, you know, school would, be, would have been much more important at this stage. Um, yeah. Is it um, is it relatively easy to be an entrepreneur in your country? It's very easy. I mean, yeah. Estonia has the highest number of startups per capita. Um, and that's kind of one of the reasons for that is that every, like, since, like, basically our country rebooted after, like, the occupation. So from that point on, everything went online. Right now, you could go, I could take my phone. Uh, and I can register a new company in 15 minutes and open a bank account as well from my phone. Um, so I could do all these things online now. I can have like uh, like all the government services, everything is online. Um, it's just, uh, I think it's made so easy uh, to go through all, with all these things, like even, you know, accounting, um, taxes. Like, for example, in Estonia, I don't need to, do tax declarations, everything is automated because they get this information from, from the banks and so forth. So once in a year, we just need to online or like log in into the, the tax website, click to clear now and it does everything and then transfers the money back to your account. Wow. Um, so I've heard that Estonia is, is pretty advanced in things, technological things. And um, I wasn't aware of it as far as entrepreneurs go, but I know like your public transportation is pretty advanced there too, right? Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's, uh, it's easier for a country to kind of evolve with technology that fast if they have to reboot. And also for the reason that, you know, if a country is so small and you don't have a lot of legacy systems that you need to kind of first 
either get rid of or start you know telling people that this or like yeah try to basically uh, suggest people to start using something else and then they are like you know the old things are working why should we go to a new one so i think uh i think we kind of um managed to grow something good out of the, the not so good times uh as a country but yeah i think it's going really well for us right now Yeah, that's really interesting. the The timing of of Estonia's pivot from from in the late eighties, early nineties, and then that's pretty forward thinking. As I imagine, it was tumultuous for for everybody, but certainly for leadership. And to say, you know, the the internet was just it kind of starting to enter the the public awareness and and uh, transition to that at such a pivotal time. And to your point just put the whole country on a founding of, of, of that level where you can open a company in a bank account from your phone in 15 minutes. And okay, even if it was half an hour, it's still just amazing. Okay. Right. And that's really fantastic. And, and, you know, there was a conversation that I could, I could spend probably hours talking about that and learning from you. Um, tell us a little bit about, about web arcs. Uh, you said it's, it's, it's security focused, but, but what does that mean? Is that a, a monitoring service? Is that a monitoring and fixing service? In just a couple of minutes, share, share, share what you do. So web arcs is basically a security solution for websites that are built with, uh, really like the modern technologies that, um, a lot of local development is happening on. So WordPress, uh, different kind of frameworks that are used to build websites. And what I mean by local development is that you don't need to write a huge amount of code to get your application running. Uh, WordPress is a really good example of that. You know, you can just spin up WordPress, use plugins to basically extend the functionality instead of just coding all that stuff. Uh, but these kind of, um, approaches or these new approaches in web development and especially the use of third-party code and plugins and uh, components has created an issue where people who are less technical and using these components have no understanding of whether it is developed or this developer who kind of built this um, plugin for example was uh, you know aware of the security implications that could come with you know if the plugin becomes popular um, so WebArcs' focus really is to, first of all, detect the components within your web application or in, in your website. Uh, then say if these components like plugins, for example, are vulnerable, uh, vulnerable to any like uh, attacks or to any uh, security issues. And third of all, uh, provide automatic virtual patches. So for example, if there is a plugin, really popular plugin on your website that is vulnerable, WebArcs automatically sends your website like a very custom firewall rule, let's say, that is basically patching uh, this vulnerability within this, uh, within this component. So basically, uh, for example, with WordPress, I think there are statistics that 98% of the vulnerabilities within the whole WordPress ecosystem is all coming from these third-party code, basically plugins, themes, and so forth. Um, and, you know, eventually, if you manage to patch these vulnerabilities within these components, you don't get your site infected with malware, uh, you don't get your site, you know, redirecting traffic somewhere else. And, you know, even if you use like some sort of uh, solutions that you collect, uh, you know, customer data and so forth, you won't get, you know, breached and don't fall under, well, in Europe, you would fall under like uh, GDPR and so forth. Um, but yeah, in general, you know, just, uh, you would just keep your website safe. 
And WebArch really, basically, if you look at it, it's like a dashboard where you can have hundreds or thousands of websites. For example, if you manage them, you just connect all of them on WebArcs, and then you would have like a central place where you can manage security across all your websites. There's a lot of that's really yeah. There's a lot of like neat small things that uh, you can find from there, but uh, I wouldn't go like too detailed in there because there's a lot of stuff to cover. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Tell me a little bit how you how you grew the business. How did you get to the point? You know, you said, "Hey, I want to do some web security stuff." WordPress is a growing content management system. Core team is on top of a lot of it. I'm going to focus yeah. on to your point the components. Okay, there's the idea. 15 minutes later, you've got a company and a bank account. We know that now. Then where did it go from there? How did how did you get to the point where, you know, it's a viable income and a and a real client base? So really, now now it actually goes like um, back in time a bit because as I mentioned, like the first company I built was a digital agency. So I was doing a uh, it was a web development company basically that was focused on building secure web website basically the main idea when we started it was because we already saw that a lot of these websites that are built with wordpress joomla back then we were more most focused on joomla because kind of it was more popular then but uh, we saw the same issue you know people are just or even web developers you know you just use a lot of these components plugins and everything and extensions in joomla and then you put together the websites you give it away to the customer and then you have no idea if these components receive new updates, if these components are you know, having any security issues. And then we needed as a team to kind of, back then there was no solutions to even you know, have like an overview of plugins installed on a lot of your sites. Nowadays you have like managed WP and uh, main WP and you know, all these different solutions. Uh, but then for, for Joomla, there was nothing like that and even for WordPress. So at this point we were like, okay, let's build something internally that would just let us you know, as a team to be aware of what kind of components we have been using on our web development uh, projects, what is happening with them and so forth. Uh, and then really that's where we came up with, uh, you know, okay, that's a big issue. We shouldn't just build it for ourselves. Let's build it for everyone. Um, and uh, yeah, then this 15 minute period of registering a company, you know, uh, and then, uh, uh, and then actually it was interesting because we were invited to, a cybersecurity program in uh, in London, uh, which was actually it's it was sponsored by uh, QCHQ. It's basically like the NSA of UK. Um, so they were ba basically uh, sponsoring a, a cybersecurity accelerator. So it's like a startup accelerator kind of thing, but only for uh, cybersecurity startups. Uh, and while we were there, it was like a three-month uh, program in London. Uh, we basically decided to go full in, uh, uh, have like more people on board, and then uh, we raised like angel funding for that. Um, so really went to the startup way of uh, raising raising money basically to start building the product much faster than we could with uh, just bootstrapping it. Uh, and yeah, from there on, we launched the product in 2018. So we had like a kind of period of building the product, making sure it works, and then um before like going public with it we just tested it and so forth and yeah 2018 in the end we launched the product and now today we have customers in over 84 different countries um product is real i mean webarx is in general it's really kind of um 
growing by word of mouth mainly. I mean, we don't do paid advertising. Everything is kind of, um, you know, if the product really sells itself because it's obvious that uh, with, uh, you know, all these attacks going on, more and more companies need to be aware of that. And, and uh, a lot of agencies are selling care plans and this is like a big part of, you know, selling care plan to your customer by saying, you know, you need security, for example. Um, so yeah, really, I mean, it's just been step by step. You nev we never knew what would be like the third step in the journey. So it's always like, for example, we started as uh, with Joomline WordPress and now we are actually aiming to expand to uh, JavaScript and to other languages as well uh, to cover all the third party kind of code vulnerabilities within web applications and even crowdsourcing it with uh, a bug bounty platform or like bug hunting platform that we created and uh, that is currently running in beta. So a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm kind of looking at your website while we're chatting and seeing a lot of interesting content there too, including um, you know, some hand curated lists of threats that are happening at this point in time in the world with, with people taking advantage of, um, of what's happening with the virus. Uh, so it sounds like you're, you're doing more for the community than just putting firewalls up on websites. You're, you're sharing information and curating information, which is great. I wanted to ask you a question that we ask all of our guests, which is about success and how you define success. Um, we are in a um, we're at a time right now where we're probably doing a lot of reflection on what's important to us and those types of things. So uh, this question might have might go in a different direction than it would otherwise. But if you could just share with us, Oliver, what you think about success, how you define it, and and apply strategies for success in your life. Well, I can obviously only say it from my own experience. So what I've, I would consider success is not kind of taking failure as a failure, <laughs> if it makes sense. Um, because like, I really appreciate failures. I, I, I have so many, I had so many like moments in my life where I was like, okay, I, I just quit. Um, mostly because it's just, you know, it's massive challenges. And then if you fail and you get criticized, for example, you think that, okay, that's the end of the world. The next morning you wake up and you're like, hmm, okay, actually, I think, you know, this is, this is a good learning, you know. Um, so I think success really in the long term is just being able to appreciate the failures and really thriving even for them. Um, that allows you to become much better person that you are from compared to yesterday, I think. Um, and at the same time, I think it just makes you learn so much more. I think, yeah, learning, uh, being like able to understand or like not being afraid of failure is really like a, a big part of kind of being successful. Um, yeah, I think for, for me, it's really about learning all the time. Like I just value it so much and, you know, being uh, just staying kind of curious about everything. Let me ask you, what's the biggest thing you've learned from one of your, one of your failures in progressing web arcs? Um, I think very early stages, like the biggest failure was believing your own hype. Uh, this can happen a lot with startups in general. Uh, is the fact that once media starts talking about you 
Um, you know, media obviously creates a lot of buzz around everything. And then at one point, you might just end up believing it by yourself as well. Uh, I mean, all these kind of uh, over over the top kind of, um, I'm not sure even how to very well explain it, like over the top explanations of what the company does or like, uh, um, or the hype in general, yeah. So basically, yeah, I think believing your own hype is like the biggest kind of learning point for me uh, when it comes to WebArks, because at first, like we had like articles wrote, or like big media articles wrote us like, you know, we even like, you know, made AI and, you know, stuff like that, which was like really out of, it's very far from true. Uh, like, I think AI is like very hyped uh, thing that a lot of companies are just using for, for getting attention, basically. Uh, but at, at our point, it was just kind of, the hype made us think that we are further away in our journey than we actually were. Um, and that made us kind of, just step back, start thinking about things realistically and really focus on what mattered at this point. Um, and that's really what we do as well now. So we just start to, uh, try to stay very much on the current moment and not too much like thinking about just too far away. Because eventually, as I said, when I started the company, I had no idea that it would take the course, uh, the course of what it is right now. Um, and that's, I think, it's how it's going to be even from now. Uh, I have no, like, I, I have my kind of vision of where I want to take the company, but I really have no idea what's going to happen in three years. I think I was thinking just about your, the goal of what you do is kind of like policing, right? Like you are, your business runs because there are bad people out there doing things to harm businesses and websites and that type of thing. What, how do you approach that? I guess, I'm not sure if I'm asking this very clearly, but the fact that you are, your business is running to help people and help fix problems that are caused by other people who have bad intentions. Yeah, like in our case, one of the things that we're trying to do is keep focus on awareness um, or like spreading awareness in general. Um, so for that reason, we are trying to make people kind of understand why these things are even happening. Uh, like what's the intentions behind the people who are doing these things. For example, right now there is a peak of attacks because, you know, a lot of uh, university student, students, for example, are at home and they are just bored. But at the same time, there's like uh, people who lost their jobs, for example. Um, so there's a lot of intentions uh, that you can put behind these different attacks. Um, but for people who need to kind of, uh, or, or that need to be aware of being able to protect their websites, for example, I think this comes down heavily on awareness to just understand the other side who is who they are kind of uh, facing with. Mm, that's one of the reasons, for example, you mentioned this uh, COVID-19 map, well, not map, but this COVID-19 database uh, that we have on our website where uh, we basically invite every IT professional to submit information about phishing attacks, like email scams and all these kind of things. It's not like our core business. I mean, phishing or none of these things are really something that we protect people from but it's cyber 
security awareness in general. And I think in the long term, we are trying to make the web a better place. Um, so we just need to find the ways how to do it. And uh, yeah, I think awareness building should be very much focused for most of the cybersecurity companies. So I'll, I'll ask kind of an obvious question, given the fact that as of this recording, we're all in various stages of lockdown in, in various corners of the world. When you're not trying to do business and you're not trying to write the next blog post or find the next immediate hack concern, what are you doing to entertain or yourself or pass time or make constructive use of or just generally stay healthy and safe in a in an era of self-isolation? Um, like one of the things right now, like, well, right now I'm just trying to have at least once a day to just go outside and, you know, stretch my legs and walk somewhere where, you know, luckily I'm living in a town where there's only 30,000 people. Um, so, you know, it's not that hard to find a place where you don't see people and uh, you know it's 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 fairly easy to stay in the isolation here um, but in general like trying to be healthy i mean in the summertime i'm like a very big fan of skateboarding <laughs> so for example my i don't have car licenses for example or driving licenses so the only thing i use for commuting is a skateboard <laughs> so that's one of the things that just you know on a daily basis just keeps me kind of moving um, I like slacklining, which is like, you know, this, uh, uh, there's like this uh, rope basically that you put behind trees. So sometimes I take it with me, I put it into a park, then you just need to balance yourself and just walk on that. I mean, it's kind of meditating kind of, in a way. Um, I also play airsoft, uh, which is like, uh, yeah, you know what airsoft is. Um, what else I do? I mean... Yeah, I'm working a lot, so I, I, I just, you know, full disclosure here. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I would say uh, I work a bit more than regular people do, so I have like a really long days. Uh, summertime is a bit better because I'm trying to force myself, and I mean the weather is also forcing myself to be kind of more active and go outside. So I don't have like a very specific. <clears throat> like regular gym um, routines or stuff. But, uh, but yeah, just trying to stay moving. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing to do. Let me ask you about advice. I wonder what's the best advice that you've ever been given or received or maybe read in a book or in a blog post or something like that and then have successfully implemented in your life? What's the best advice that you were ever <laughs> shared? I think one of the things is really, you know, I, I remember that my brother told me that I told him this and he, and he said that he, this changed his life, was that every time you do something that scares you, just ask yourself, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? And like, I, I, I think for me, I, I'm thinking the same thing. And uh, it's really started me to like re reflect on what he told me that how this changed his life kind of reflected back to me that, okay, this might be the reason why I'm like, you know, what, where I am and what I'm doing, because 
I'm always thinking about that. So I think really, you know, this comes down to what I also mentioned you, what I feel like success is, which is just appreciating the failures and the learnings that you can get from those. I mean, what do you learn when you always win? You can't learn anything because you had to already know about this to be able to win, right? So, um, yeah. I mean, what's the worst things that's going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah, I love that because it's so often it's, it's so bad in our head or we're so fearful about it and then we go through it and maybe we don't win, but we came second, third or fourth, whatever that is in a, in a life environment. And, oh, well, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> yeah. So that applies under the current circumstances. I'm a little. Uh, <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, would be nice. Yeah. Hopefully when this airs, that we will say that the worst has not happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you mentioned skateboarding and I kind of skateboarded a little when I was younger. I don't anymore. And I was never totally into skateboarding, but it sounds like you, you are. And are you one of those really long skateboard? <clears throat> oh, you're nodding your head. All yeah. right. Tell to I, us about your skateboard. Tell us about it. Well, actually I had, uh, I have like multiple ones. So basically when I started or when I got into skateboarding, I was using the one that, you know, you do the tricks and stuff, <clears throat> but um I like I think three years ago or something I went to a uh, a, a um, like a program or like it was a two weeks surf like camp I would say so there was like uh, like twenty people and we were just trying like different kind of surfing activities and then the main commuting was for, with longboards which is the ones that you use for like downhilling and stuff like that and I got like really hooked so that's how I got back to skateboarding. And after that, I've been using like these kind of uh, what they call long boards, which is a bit like a longer one. But I also have this thing called Penny, which is uh, like this a bit like a smaller long board, but they have like bigger wheels and it feels much smoother to just, you know, cruise around the city, for example. So yeah, not doing a lot of tricks anymore, but just, you know, cruising around. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you use that for your transportation. I, uh, yeah. yeah. Because you live in a small town, so that works. Yeah, we have really good roads as well. So, like, uh, everywhere is, like, very clear kind of asphalt. And you just, you know, very, very easy to move here with this one. Uh, great. I live on a big hill, and I could skateboard down, but that would definitely be a walk-up <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, same here, same here. Yeah. Yeah. Estonia has no mountains, so no problem with that here. Zero mountains. Well, Oliver, we are out of time. And it's been so delightful to chat with you and hear about what you're doing and how you're helping people um, with their websites and with cybersecurity and, um, and to hear your story. I look forward to seeing where you go. Thank you. <laughs> where can people find you online? Uh, people can really find us uh, from webarcsecurity.com. Um, even if you just Google webarcs, you will just... Uh, uh, see our stuff popping up. Uh, we also have a community in Facebook where we always share about different kind of uh, security tips, uh, talk about the latest threats that surround web, uh, WordPress and so forth, which is called WebArcs Community. So everyone can join there. Um, and if they just want to talk to me, you can just go to WebArcsSecurity.com. On the bottom right corner, there is a chat bubble, and then you can just write there, hey, I want to talk to Oliver. 
um, and I'm gonna magically appear there. <laughs> Great. Great. That's awesome. Oliver, thank you so very much for your time today. Wish you all the best, uh, not just with the company, but certainly in light of everything that's going on in the world. Stay healthy and safe, and we'll see you online before long, I hope. Thanks for calling me. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.